This is Frankly Speaking Podcast. What it do, what it do, what it do. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking Podcast. We are back with a brand new first ever episode 27 titled Entropy, right? And this episode is been, you know, has been, I should say, sorry about that, a long month in the making, you see, trying to arrest my own entropy led me to realize what I was doing and led me down, well, re-led me back to the laws of thermodynamics and how it applies to our universe, our everyday lives. And that's what we're going to be talking about this episode. And, you know, trying to keep up the consistency with this podcast has, you know, ultimately led me here to this episode, you know, and the subscribers out there, the family, the friends, you know, people that I've met in my travels over the last month since the last episode um, have been asking for a new episode. Hey, you know, emailing me and reaching out via DMs and, you know, calling me directly, texting me directly. Hey, man, when are we getting a new episode? What's, what's, what's going on with you? Like, what you you still doing the podcast, right? We need that. And I am. And we back. So shout out to everyone who's reached out asking for a new episode. And uh, thank you for your patience. And uh, I got a couple episodes you know, load it up for you. So there won't be that much of a gap going forward. Now, this episode that we're going to dive into, I, I, I'm going to ask you for your patience because it's not an easy topic to explain. I'm going to do the best that I can. I'm also going to uh, ask you if, you haven't already a good way of practice is to always check out the show notes before you jump into the podcast check out the show notes look at the links to get a gist of what the episode is going to be about because i think that's going to help going forward with some of these topics you know such as this one about thermodynamics i have a link to a couple of videos up there. There's some articles I've linked to that I, you know, in my time of, you know, researching and reading, I've came across that I've saved. And in the last month that I came across that I saved. So I, I you know, that I thought were pretty good at explaining a, a topic that's, you know, sometimes hard to explain, you know, in, in, in layman's terms or to put it in a way in a clear concise way so i did link to those so definitely check those out um you can pause the show here go check those links out bring them up and follow along 
as I, you know, read from an article or two so you can, you know, see it and hear it at the same time. You see what I'm saying? So uh, thermodynamics, right? Hmm. Thermodynamics, there are four laws of thermodynamics. And in those laws, they kind of, you know, govern the the universe around us right and those laws of thermodynamics are important and a lot of them we don't know we don't even know half the time I didn't even know they existed until I took class in high school and heard about it and I kind of just you know I was like all right man whatever you know, it's not really that important at that moment. Comes to find out that they are important. And when we talk about this topic or when I talk about this topic, this episode, I am specifically speaking not in the traditional sense of thermodynamics as it applies to um, chemistry in the sense of, you know, bonds and, you know, atoms and physics and all those type of things. I'm talking about the thermodynamics that acts on natural cycles. So that's our lives, so to say. All right. And so I'm going to just give you, I'm going to read here and you can do a simple Google search to, you know, type in laws of thermodynamics and it'll pop up. You'll get all kind of stuff for it. And, you know, a quick little Wikipedia search will um, suffice for that. All right. So we have, we'll start off with the, with the, uh, there's four of them. The first one is not really the first one, but it's called the zeroth law. And it reads, it makes a thermometer a valid instrument to measure temperature. Two objects in a thermal equilibrium with a third object are in thermal equilibrium with each other. All right. So that doesn't really apply to what we're going to be talking about. So we're just going to move on here. But I wanted to, you know, make sure I read all four of them. Now, the first law, we all know the first law. They done drilled this in our heads, you know, especially. And again, as I'm speaking about these laws of thermodynamics, I want you to connect that with your everyday life, mental, physical and spiritual. All right. So the first law of thermodynamics states the first law concerns the flow of energy. Energy within a system cannot be created or destroyed. How many times do we have we heard that they don't drill that into our head? Everyone that's been to school knows that. Right. It can only change form. And again, keep in mind your physical life, your mental life your spiritual life. So if we know that the first law of thermodynamics, and this also governs the universe, and because apparently uh, if we are to believe these laws of thermodynamics, it kind of assumes that the universe is a closed system in and of itself, meaning that it doesn't, there is no outside force that interacts with to the universe it's it's closed and it's everything within it 
reacts, you know, is a closed system. So, and we're going to get it. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but we're going to get into that. So we're going to continue on here with the first law. So energy within a system cannot be created or destroyed. It can only change form. If energy enters in a system from the outside, it must either leave the system so that the balance remains or it must change the energy of the system by performing work, producing heat or adding or removing mass. Mass contains energy. The first law presumes that the universe is a closed system, as I already mentioned. So we're going to move on to the second law. And the second law is where the bulk of this podcast is going to stay. All right. And I'll, like I said, I'll read the, the other laws as well. But so this law is again, where this episode is going to surround the most And the second loss of thermodynamics is uh, pretty much the introduction of entropy, which is the title of the podcast. And that pretty much is the principle is this within closed systems, the natural progression is from order to disorder, right? Without intervention, things naturally tend to fall apart, break down, wear out, get less efficient, so on and so forth. Basically go from good to bad to eventually worse or death, so to say, or zero. The energy of that system tends to dissipate and go away, you know, goes elsewhere, you know, and that's pretty much the law, the second law of thermodynamics. All right. And it basically entropy is a measure of disorder or chaos in a system. So keep that, that word entropy in mind, the measure of disorder or chaos in a system, you know, and it also, you know, the energy is also consumed to create order or to organize chaos. Things left, you know, to themselves without any outside force or new energy tend to be run down with the increasing entropy, which is chaos, disorder, so on and so forth. So, in other words, the universe is kind of winding down and running down. If this, you know, laws of thermodynamics is to be believed, right? Because again, it assumes that the universe is a closed system. And within that closed system, it says a closed system will naturally deteriorate as time goes on. So entropy increases. So with that in mind, let's dive into it, right? We got a little bit of background. We, we heard what, you know, energy can neither be created nor destroyed, just changes form, you know, law of thermodynamic. Second law is entropy. All right. So <clears throat> what we're going to do here is I'm going to read from two articles, a couple pieces. I'm not going to read the whole articles there. You know, the one is kind of long, but it has some good points in it. It in it and it's from um, the image of the creator.com. And I'll link it in the show notes. And there were some pieces in here that stood out to me as I was, you know, looking through the article. 
And I think it it kind of drives home what we're what I'm talking about here. So let's start here with a physical realm of social and political cycles, energy and entropy, the spirit and the flesh, right? <clears throat> and it reads, there are many cycles in nature without which there couldn't be any life. Water cycle, weather cycle, oxygen, carbon dioxide cycle, nitrogen cycle, etc. These cycles are related to the flow of gases or liquids, changes of state or transfer of heat. There are types of thermodynamic cycles. There are many anatomical structures in plants and animals that have the design of a circle, spear, or coil. Rotation of planets and moons in their orbits are cyclic. Seasons are cyclic. Moon phases are cyclic. Many insects and other animal life patterns are cyclic. Hormones go up and down in a cyclic fashion. Atomic structure is made up of electrons traveling in a space in a special areas of probability that are cyclic in shape, spear, ellipse, dumbbell, etc. The smallest cycle on record comes from string theory. All these cycles operate according to natural law. The same principles operate both in relatively single, simple cycles as well as more complex ones. That is why the observations of the life cycle of a bacteria colony isolated from an outside source of energy is relevant in a principle to larger, more involved cycles. Cycles of smaller frequencies make up cycles of larger frequencies as above, so below, right? Which make up still larger and larger cycles. It's difficult to conceive that cycle of seasons in a year would be composed of millions upon millions of smaller cycles that all add up in a very precise way in an integrated pattern, all under the same laws of nature. Heat transfer, or thermodynamics, basically. We get our outside energy from the sun, heat transfer. There are also solar cycles. And it goes on to say in the article, the concept of cycles takes a metaphysical character in considering economic cycles, business cycles, political cycles, social cycles, cycles of dress style, cycles of moral ethics, all of which are based on human behavior and attitudes, mainly from brain and mind functions of humans. But all these go back to thermodynamics of neurotransmitter chemistry and how humans think about the environment cycles they find themselves in. Cycles do not dictate or control human behavior. Humans are in control of their behavior by the choices they make based on their reactions and thinking about the physical cycles. And we, on this podcast, we've spoken about that before in many other episodes. Perhaps there should be a book written, written, and it goes on to talk about, you know, different books, blah, blah, blah. But social cycles involve the thermodynamic principle of entropy and energy just as the same as prevailed over the bacterial culture, right? So it goes on to say social 
social cycles, <laughs> sorry about that, seems long compared to our lifetime, but not in the span of civilization, right? And it goes on to, in the article, talk about, uh, again, it seems to be this particular writer seems to be, you know, a religious guy, but the stuff that he's talking about is important you know outside of the religious stuff for those of you who are religious you might find this to be you know hit home but for our purposes here we're just talking about the things that apply to everyone right so he talks about the titler cycle and it goes on to say here and also i've linked to this and i would highly suggest uh those of you who listen to the podcast to you know link you know click on the link and check out this particular article and read about the titler cycle because i think it really uh explains what exactly we're experiencing right now right <laughs> and i guess i'm you know since i've since it's been a while since i've been on the podcast my voice is kind of cracky mm. i'll have to look into that so Continuing with the article, the Titler cycle, another example of social political cycle with many similarities to bacterial life cycle is also so-called Titler cycle. This is the subject of a lot of semi-correct, semi-hoax emails he talks about. <clears throat> and he talks about Titler was a real person and he said some real things that are that are of interest but the shape of the story has morphed particularly in the last 12 years or so. So, uh, Alexander Fraser Titler, 1747 to 1813, was a Scottish lawyer, historian, writer, and professor of universal historic history at Greek and Roman antiques at the University of Edinburgh. And his claim to fame was he... And as the article says, Titler, I wasn't saying his reign isn't the name, right? Titler was very critical of democracy as a workable political philosophy. And again, Titler is going to be speaking to the physical aspect of this thing. So we attack the physical part first, not necessarily because the method couldn't work, but because it would always be corrupted by people who would make it fail. He said the. Athenian democracy worked only for upper classes who were in control and could exercise corruption and plunder the public money. Sounds familiar? Let's go on. He said that democracy never did and never could exist because man may maintains a self-interest and love of power characteristics of inferior animals. Right? So that's pretty self-explanatory what he's saying there. He goes on to say, that article, the author goes on to say, Titler believed that democratic forms of government, such as those of Greece and Rome, and you can, Greece and Rome, America is just the new version of Greece and Rome. So anytime you, and when I'm reading this, when he brings up Greece and or Rome, you can just put in our, you know, the state of our country now. You put in the U.S., America, however you think about it. So such as those of Greece and Rome have a natural evolution from initial virtue, right, towards 
eventual corruption and decline. So think about the last 400 years of, you know, so-called American history. And he and, and let me read this part again here. Have a natural evolution from initial virtue. Toward eventual corruption and decline. Now. If if the America, as we know it now, was created in such a a. A way that they make it seem like they had all this virtue when they created this place, right? They created the Bill of Rights and so on and so forth, had high values. You know, you hear people say, oh, America has been, you know, robbed of its values and all of this kind of thing all the time, right? We need to go back to morals and values and that kind of thing. You know, you hear from certain populations of people in this country, right? We, we're morally bankrupt. You hear that a lot. You know, thrown around in the news and things like that. The article goes on to say in Greece, for example, Titler argues that the patriotic spirit and love of ingenious freedom became gradually corrupted as the nation advanced in power and splendor. It sounds familiar. All right. So let's keep going. Titler goes on to generalize patriotism always existed in the greatest degree in rude nations check and in the early period of society like all other affections and passions it operates with the greatest force where it meets the greatest difficulties check but in a state of ease and safety as if wanting its appropriate nourishment it languishes and decays right so if there's not there is no chaos going on then there's no need for patriotism you see, that's basically what he's saying. It is a law of nature to which no experience has ever furnished an exception that the rising grandeur and opulence of a nation must be balanced by the decline of its extort virtues. Right. And that is what the first law of thermodynamics is. If there's going to be an outside force, right then it has to do what? It has to change the system or leave the system. So, uh, and his, what he's basically saying is what we're seeing right now. You know, and in the, in the article, it goes on to, give the diagram of you know what his system basically talked about and what I just read the Titler cycle in history bondage it starts from the top bondage then going to the right spiritual faith courage liberty abundance coming down to the bottom selfishness going up complacency apathy dependence and back to bondage and it's a cycle and it seems like that cycle is pretty accurate for what we're seeing right now so since 2000 the cycle diagram gone the author goes on to say here since 2000 the cycle diagram and editorialized titler quote 
have been posted and emailed and criticism of the person who happened to be the president at the particular time. Uh, this article seems to be, I can't remember when it was written, when it was written. It doesn't give a, uh, a date here, but it's probably written a couple of years ago. Uh, since he's talking about 2000, uh, it's probably written in 2010, somewhere around here. Although the cycle diagram and the quotes do not seem to be of genuine verbatim Titler authorship, the more recent creations do capture the gist of Titler's views of the eventual fate of democracy being related to the moral failings of a human society. Humans begin to impose their basic competitive, selfish, and greedy nature on the structure of government which we're seeing, and they devise methods of control and corruption to their way and to get an advantage of power over others. Check. Tiller's reference to the law of nature that a nation's opulence and prosperity is inversely related to its morals and ethical structure is a description identical with that we are calling societal i mean social political and ethical entropy basically saying that when if you're drawing a, a graph or a timeline right on the bottom of your x your uh x axis draw you know you'll have time and on your y axis would be in the entropy right so as time goes on, it's saying that entropy would be low, right? So everything would be good starting out. You have low entropy, everything's fine, everything's steady. You know, the opulence and the prosperity is growing. And as that grows, what's happening is your moral and ethical structure starts to decline and break down. Right. So that's what it says here. Yeah. Uh, that a nation's opulence and prosperity is inversely related to its morals and ethical structure. So as one goes up, the other one goes down is a description identical with what we are calling social, political and ethical entropy, ethical entropy. Sorry. That which is isolated will Decay, degenerate and decay, okay? And that's just for the, you know, I wanted to point that out because as I was reading this article, I was like, yo, this is perfect. This is exactly what is happening right now, right in front of our eyes. We're, what we're seeing <laughs> is... uh closed off America, right? We are, this This is probably the most closed off country on the planet, almost. You know, like we don't get any outside influence. We don't even talk about world news unless we're directly involved in it. Like it's not like other countries where they speak about world news on their day-to-day -day television. They we do when you turn on Fox News, they not talking about nothing going on in the rest of the world. You turn on CBS, ABC, 
you know, CNN, they not talking about nowhere else, but right here. And they talking about the same thing over and over and over again. They're trying to create a closed system and the people who fall for that, their reality. This is why I said, go back and, and listen to the uh, multiverse productivity episode. Their reality is closed. So entropy is acting faster and more on them than someone who has an open viewpoint and open reality. You see what I'm saying? So the article goes on to say here, if Titler's statement that it is a law of nature to which no experience has ever furnished an exception applies to social entropy, then eventual corruption and decay within society is inevitable. If the society is left to itself without any spiritual or moral power source outside of the isolated system, things left to itself naturally run down. We know that to be absolute fact. There's no debate in that. Right? Things left to themselves naturally run down. And we gonna and we're speaking on this right now about the physical realm. What in this physical realm if that does not need maintenance? You see what I'm saying? And this was what the core of the episode about, you know, can you maintain it? All of our systems, our physical systems, that's our body, that's our relationships, that's the relationships to material things and or people. You know, that's relationship relationships to your skills. All of that, if left to themselves, were naturally run down. If you don't use your skills, they go, they die down, they get dull. If you don't maintain and do maintenance or do work, which is energy, the ability to do work on your relationships in life, they run down. If you don't take care of your house, put that work in, that maintenance, in other words, it runs down. Your life in general, your realities, if you don't maintain and do work in your realities that you want to create for yourself, that reality that you have will run down. It will seem like nothing goes right. It's going to seem like you got cobwebs all over the place because you are not, you're leaving it to itself. It needs to be maintained. The key to life is maintenance, putting in work. That's what that word means. Putting in work. You, y'all, we've all heard, yeah, I got to put that work in. Yo, boy, you better put that work in. Girl, you want that to happen? You want that? You better put that work in. You need to do that because that's a law of the universe. If a system is left unto itself, it will run down. You are the outside force in a lot of your situations. You know, you don't take care of your car. Your car is a closed system. It needs outside intervention. Your life is also in somewhat of a, it can be a closed system. It doesn't need to be. Hopefully it's not. But it still needs, in, in a, and as I said earlier, as above, so below. Because if the universe is a closed system, at some level, so is our lives. 
the life cycle is a closed system. You were born and you die. You know what I'm saying? It's a closed cyclical system. But for it to be a good, you know, considered good, you have to maintain it. You have to put energy into it. So you are the outside source in this respect. You see what I'm saying? So I'm hoping that, you know, that's driving home there. The article goes on to say the purpose of showing the titler cycle is not to discuss the politics of democracy. Uh, there are several points. Blah blah. OK. Um, number one, he says that kind of speaks to what we're talking about here. It, there are several points that can be made from the cycles representing change in society. Number one, relationships between cycle characteristics in an energy slash entropy cycle. Number two, and these two are kind of the um, main points that I'm trying to get to here. Compares number two, comparison of the progression of behavior in the cycle with the works of the flesh and the works of the spirit, right? And Number three, he says, comparison between the social political cycle and the life cycle of a bacteria colony. He's using the bacteria colony as an example here. So, but in the article, it goes on to say here um, effects of energy versus entropy on society. And it's a nice little graphic here. Uh, please, again, link uh, link to the article so you can see it and life cycle of the human social political system and here on the right side reading from top to bottom it says that it, it says oppression vocalization of complaints and this is entropy happening here so oppression vocalization of complaints gathering forming groups gathering to form ideology group nationalism bravery incur bravery sacrifice altruism motivation incur religious fever uh alfever desire for god's blessing focus on liberty and freedom confrontation of repression open conflict Loses, losses bring greater determination. Oppression is defeated, rejoicing, thanksgiving, right? And then it goes up the left-hand side. And it, you know, so it started off, you know, kind of the end of uh, tyranny control going to cycle of what was going to come forth. And we've went through all of this stuff. We're going through all of this right now. And set up a better system, enjoy peace. So we're at vocalization of complaints right now. And we're kind of moving in <laughs> to gathering, uh, forming groups. Right. So we're down at the bottom here, going up the left hand side. Set up better system, enjoy peace, want more of the good life, competition spreads, ruthless behavior to get ahead selfishness we did all this ourselves entitlement 
special interest groups, corruption, illegal, immoral, social behavior, justified tyranny for control. So currently, if we were on this on a scale right now, if this was a some type of, uh, you know, guide, so to say, we as a society were probably because we passed the selfishness. We, we everyone is in and it feels like they're entitled special interest groups have been created we know who they are you know your democrats republicans your businesses your bilderberg groups all that kind of stuff is special interest groups your secret societies your corruption we see that every day illegal immoral social behavior justified and every <laughs> Everything in the news right now is immoral behavior being justified. You know, it's covering up, you know, pedophilia being justified. You know, justifying throwing minority views in the in the face of the majority and trying to force people to agree and to support things that they don't want to do. It's immoral. Printing extra money out of nowhere is illegal and it's immoral. So on and so forth. Trying to force people to do something against their will and their bodies is immoral and it technically should be illegal. And it is. And then from where we are right now, because that's where we're at, illegal, immoral social behavior being justified. And the next step will be tyranny for control. And we're starting to move into that with the gun control laws that's coming out. You see what I'm saying? Because there's one thing to say that, you know, everyone has the right to protect life, property, and the pursuit of happiness, right? And then turn around and say, well, you know, it's a (laughs) physical machine or fault that doesn't that can't move on its own so we're going to take everything from you guys you 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 can't we don't want you to arm yourselves but we're not going to disarm our military or paramilitary force which is the police in your neighborhoods whether you think you are outside of you know think you're in a rich neighborhood poor neighborhood it doesn't matter we're all in this fight together because it's going to come a time where they're going to oppress you too. So those of you who think you're not being oppressed, just wait. Because this affects everyone. It's not about oh, I'm I'm a you know, I'm a well-to-do black man. I I I want to I'm in, you know, I'm in a sorority. I'm making, you know, 150,000 a year. My family doesn't live in the hood anymore. They don't care. Oh, I'm a well-to-do white man. I'm a lawyer. They don't care. Oh, I'm a white woman. And all they do not care. This has nothing to do with made-up colorism. All right? You need to get your heads wrapped around that. And again, as we're transitioning, we're transitioning into tyranny for control overall. Because in this cycle... There are groups of people who's already been through the cycle twice already. You see what I'm saying? We already went through oppression. We already vocalized complaints. They already gathered form groups, gathering the form ideology, group nationalism, 
see this is and for those for what i'm talking about to be real direct this is where your civil rights movement comes in this is where malcolm x was talking about nationalism incurring bravery sacrifice altruism motivation going to church during the civil rights movement that thing blew up at that point you see what i'm saying focusing on liberty and freedom confrontation of oppression open conflict losses bring greater determination getting killed in the street people really taking out to the street and protesting you see what i'm saying so now we've already been through that cycle so now we're in that cycle again and there's groups of people on underneath the overarching society that are going through that cycle at different points of that cycle you see so you see how entropy is happening on different cycles or sub parts of society subgroups of society so entropy is happening on our daily lives just individually on the groups that we belong to entropy is happening on the overarching society entropy is happening all the way down to the micro states you know the micro being your atoms your your covalent bonds all that stuff that make up the physical realm itself all the way up through our macro systems of government and life cycles and all of those things entropy is happening and this is what's happening to us so i, I want to put this thing out there because i want us to know what's actually happening not being told like okay you're gonna die okay that's fine why am i going to die why am i aging because that's entropy entropy and aging are synonymous when it comes to a, the human life cycle that, that means the same thing so why am i aging oh okay let me go look up this law of thermodynamics specifically the second law of thermodynamics because it states that as time goes on the breakdown and loss of energy increases you see what i'm saying so that's our you know titler cycle i would look it up and you know apply that to um what's happening what you're seeing in front of you in terms of how entropy is affecting our physical realms our physical cycles you know our physical relationships and things like that so we're going to take a little break here a couple minutes you know and we're going to come back and speak about spiritual entropy and this is where I, I, this is where the goosebumps comes in for me when I was reading and catching up on and sharpening my own knowledge about this. So I'll see you on the other side of the break here. All right, all right, we back. I just needed to take a quick little break and some water. And so, you know, we talked about the 
first two laws of thermodynamics on the before the break there we talked about the physical entropy in social and political systems right in our daily lives you know how entropy kind of you know if you let if you leave your leave things unattended it breaks down it deteriorates and it ultimately dies so now we're going to switch over to spiritual entropy okay and as again as i did on the uh first part of the podcast i have an article here i'm gonna read from and uh you know some of this stuff when you're talking about when you go looking and trying to um research on spiritual things naturally you know there's going to be a lot of religious stuff that pops up but for those who have the eyes to see and ears to hear and basically don't have a closed system of mind body and spirit you can go to any of these religions that talk about this stuff and still pull out the truth in the nuggets without consuming all of it you see what i'm saying so there was one little excerpt that i did come across and um i wanted to you know, read this really quickly. And I mean, I'm going to post it. And I mean, you can look at it for yourself. Um, And it goes on to say, you know, he, the, uh, seems like a pastor or something. And he references uh, a Bible verse and it says, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you. And I think that applies to everyone because again as i spoke in other podcasts that they're all things on this in this plane in this universe have spirit level from the rock to the person you know into other entities that are probably more have higher spiritual spiritual levels than we do but everything has a spirit level and that's really the difference between the animal and fowl the of the fields the beasts of the fields and you know higher function in human beings is spirit level because you know most as in the beast of the field most of them are pretty docile you know we can't really understand them they don't seem to allegedly they don't seem to function at super super high levels you know it's kind of a cycle of birth and eat, being eaten eating all for the rest of their lives until they die right but that's just a what they told us there probably are beings among them that do have high levels of spirit who do understand these cycles and things like that but we wouldn't know we we've never experienced it right they told us it's science fiction or it's fantasy that there's creatures bears that are very high in wisdom that can talk and all these things and you know so on and so forth so but what he did say in in his little two paragraph thing here what is true in nature the natural world can be true of spiritual things as well you see and he basically is saying you know if you're not careful the 
spiritual part of you can just become, you know, a side thought. And you have to make sure that you maintain your spiritual side. You have to feed it. You have to keep it open. Because, again, as we spoke about in the last segment before the break, if it's left to this, if it's left alone, it's going to deteriorate and backslide and regress. Okay, so in this. We want to make sure if you are on a spiritual path. And spiritual doesn't necessarily it doesn't you know, it's not equal to religion. Spiritual is something that, all, as I said, all beings have spirit levels. So this is not something unique to Christianity. This is not something unique to Islam. It's not something unique to Buddhism. It's something unique to being in this universe. You see what I'm saying? And there are many dimensions in this universe, and spirit is in all universes. I mean, all dimensions or planes in this universe. So I want to say that make sure you're tapping in if that's what you want to develop. You see what I'm saying? Because it's important. So we're going to switch over here on that same vein. We're going to switch over to this particular article. And it is. Uh, titled Spiritual Entropy, Pranahuti and Cleaning. And it goes on here um, in the article and it gives a introduction to entropy, right? And, you know, we're, we'll reiterate this because we're in a new segment here. So the article says entropy is, quote, inevitable and steady deterioration of a system or society, end quote. The article goes on to say, our lives tend to become less organized or together as time goes on. So then it gives three uh, important subjects, right? Right here talking about the second law of thermodynamics. And it, you know, we'll reiterate this as well. Heat will never naturally flow from a cold object to a hot object right it is impossible to create an engine that perfectly converts all heat to useful work because heat is energy and unless acted upon number three unless acted upon by outside energy a system will either have the same or more disorder as time passes. Think about your body as you age. And again, unless acted upon, unless you are, you know, working out and whatever, whatever, if you don't do anything, think about, what, you know, how many times during the last couple of years where many of us just idle in terms of working out, if you were working out and you saw the effects on your body. You see what I'm saying? Just a small example of that. And it goes on in the article. And again, I linked this article in the uh, show notes as well. 
Entropy is the measure of how disorganized and random a system is. Okay, they're just reiterating the things that, you know, we've talked about already. Okay, and it goes on to say people intuitive, intuitively know this to be true. A system is not going to gain more organization unless energy is put into it. Can you maintain it? Your son's Lego blocks won't build themselves into a spaceship. He must put energy of his play into them. Similarly, his room won't naturally become cleaner and more organized as time goes on. Sandcastles do not spontaneously form. A little girl must put energy into building it. If I shake a puzzle box, it will not naturally fall together to make a puzzle. If I shake a puzzle, it will disintegrate. All right. And he goes on to say, he, and it goes down, drop a little further into the article headline, Entropy in Our Inner Lives. Right. And he's, when he's saying inner lives, he means spiritual entropy. Entropy can apply to our inner lives as well. Spiritual entropy entropy can set in when we constantly allow our mind and heart to get rattled by the ups and downs of daily existence and we do nothing about it imagine all the different things we can contribute to as such allowing the mind to wander like an untamed horse throughout the day with very few pockets of stillness constantly allowing negative tendencies such as greed jealousy fear lust and others to crowd our mind Intense focus purely on materialistic gold with the very little nurturing of values such as love. Now, remember what did um, Titler say? The opulence goes up, the values go down. So he was right on the money with that. Consistently, well, constantly, sorry, demonstrating low emotional intelligence we talked about emotional intelligence on a previous episode of this podcast and our interactions with family, friends and other human beings. That one is a big one because that one is running rampant. You know, a lot of women complain about that one. You know, what I'm saying um, a lot of men complain about that one in a different way than a woman would complain about it, but they're still complaining about the same thing. And, you know, inadequately, it goes on to say here, another bullet point, inadequately taking care of physical and mental well-being. Again, spoke about this on a previous episode. You see what I'm saying? Inadequately taking care of physical and mental well-being. I said that before the break as well. This one is, I, I mean, there's no order here, but if I had to put them in order, that one would probably be number one. Um, the last bullet point here, not finding ways to lighten our body, mind, soul at the end of a hard day. How many times have we went through a hard day, whether we were at work or just dealing with stress from other people or the environment around us? And we just went to sleep. We didn't deal with it properly. We you know, just lashed out at people around us, didn't, do, you know, and that was that. You know, that also increases entropy and adequately taking care of physical and mental well-being increases entropy. 
constantly demonstrating low emotional intelligence in our interactions with family, friends, and other human beings increases entropy. Intense focus on purely focus purely on materialistic goals with very little nurturing for values such as love, care, etc., etc., increases entropy. Jealous fear, constantly allowing negative tendencies such as greed, jealousy, fear, lust, and others to crowd our minds. We talked about that in the demons episode. You see what I'm saying? Allowing the mind to wander like an untamed horse throughout the day with very few pockets of stillness. I talked about that in a few episodes when I brought up the meditation and how important that is. And how important it is to have stillness in your life. You see what I'm saying? And he goes on to write, you know, when we do not engage in active spiritual effort to combat these at the source, we are opening the doors for disorder to set in, which is entropy. Getting out of spiritual entropy, entropy, sorry, need for living master slash divine. In the case of spirituality, the outside intervention is divine in nature through the support of a living force or a living master. Right. This is why people seek out, you know, the pastors, or the rabbis or the uh, the Buddhas. You know, those things, because they think they are masters of whatever that realm is that they're in. You see what I'm saying? Or they people just resort to just going and be free out in nature and things like that. And it goes the article, the author goes on to say, but spiritual entropy says that no matter how hard we try, no matter how tightly we cling to the standards we follow. And in parentheses, he goes on, be it mosaic law or modern church expectations or Zen Buddhism or American societal norms or organic environmentalism, political philosophy or new age scientism. We cannot grow spirituality as closed systems. Again, there's that closed systems again, being open and willing to learn. But let me go on here. He, the author goes on, quote, trying to will ourselves to spirituality by adhering to some form of law will always fail. We will tend to either stay the same or get worse, but certainly no better. Willpower is inefficient to overcome the natural decay of life. If we are to our own left to our own devices, we tend to degenerate till we find our will subjugated to a greater will, that of divine will to be precise. He goes on to say, uh, if we wish to grow as people, it is mandatory that we admit our own inabilities to make it happen. We like the sand. We are like the sand on the seashore. And no amount of wanting is going to make us change sand into a sandcastle. 
You simply do not have the ability to build yourself up that way. The law of entropy forbids it. If we wish to be built up, it can only occur from without or from outside of ourselves, meaning cooperation, meaning seeking out knowledge that you do not have, wisdom that you do not have. And I want to take it a step further here. It also applies to when he, I, I'm a, my interpretation of that particular statement that I just read when he says it has to occur from without or from outside of ourselves. I take it a step further and say, yes, that's part of it. But I also think that going within to your own source, trying to tap into your soul and live a soul centric life will also because really that's outside of the the mind that's outside of the ego. And that's what I think he's talking about here. I think he's talking about going outside of the ego, what you think, you know, the device that was designed to help you navigate this environment is what most of us live by. The ego wasn't designed to do that. It was only designed to help you navigate the world in which you're in. It wasn't designed to be the lead of your world. It wasn't designed to be the lead of your experience here. You see what I'm saying? It was used to be a um, a strainer just to weed out things that you don't want in your experience. You see? So he goes on to say, we must have an influx of outside energy to grow spiritually, always in a closed system based only on human effort and striving, entropy must prevail. And this is why you know, as again, I brought up the meditation and being open to the truth of what's going on and not what you want to happen. Because when you're trying to do it, you know, bu- you know, build it from the muscle by yourself. Selfishness is what that is. You think you can do it all by yourself. You're going to fail. Because entropy is bigger than you. It's stronger than you. But when you do it with help from others and you cooperate with others. When you are around like minded people who are thriving to learn more, to be better spiritually, to be better people in and of just in general. You know, who want to know who want wisdom, you will also hold off or arrest entropy in that in those moments and that's the only way you're going to do it because you can't do it by yourself no one who we think knows a lot you you know i'm speaking to you here i didn't get to this point in my life or this point of wisdom by myself it's impossible you know what i'm saying if i would have tried to do it by myself without you know researching and reading these you know so many different books and listening to different lecturers and things like that and I'll just try to do it by myself and sit there and just think and think and think I would have reverted back to where I came from 
a lot of people start off on this path in that doing that they're like okay something's not right here so let me go try to look out here but they don't have no one to turn to they don't have anyone to you know no living master so to say that they can latch on to and say hey and ask questions like hey this is where i'm at you know i know where i want to go i can i can feel where i need to go but what information what knowledge what wisdom do i need to start to look into and a lot of people don't have that so they go back to where they came from they go back to the religions that they were in or the thought processes or worldviews that they had previously because that's entropy mm-hmm. the article goes on to say if the work comes from energy outside of us then we may dispense with the delusion of believing that we're partner partnering and he starts to well let me read that again if the work comes from energy outside of us and in parentheses he has i.e god or a living master then we may dispense with the delusion of believing that we're partnering with him to make it happen when my wife builds a sandcastle the sand is not partnering with her it simply lies dormant and allows her to work it into the proper form adding water if it's too dry fitting it into shape of a tower here and drawing or a draw bridge there the same is true of spiritual seeker in the hands of a living master he has to be like a dead man who is being dressed for the final rites so basically saying that you require an outside force to help you grow right or again entropy was said and then you can see this example and this is talking spiritually but it's also physically and it's also mentally as we you know addressed here in the article but this is also just drawing a a parallel here with plants when you're growing plants a lot of people have plants in their house now now everybody's a plant mom plant dad right or you have a garden if that plant when it when it's seeded is not acted upon by an outside force rain sunlight then it entropy sets in and it basically regress it gets dry it dries out and it dies right so this is what he means here when he's talking about you know a living master or you know an outside force you see so and um, the article goes on to say here and this will be the last uh, part I'll read from it and like I said go ahead and look at this article I think it's pretty good and um and it really speaks to, you know, what I've been experiencing the last month and a half. And this part of the article states that um, spiritual life requires active involvement in work. A well-known truth, one we have all experienced in our lives, is that things naturally gravitate towards decay and disorder, right? Not efficiency and order. 
if you own a home or a car, then you know this to be true. You know, things, the roof leaks out of nowhere, you know, stuff gets dirty, dust builds up, car breaks down, tire gets flat, you know, so on and so forth. A house or car left uncared for and unattended moves towards a state of despair, not beauty and peak performance. The same applies to physical bodies, you know, and as I said previously, he's just reiterating kind of what I said. I got I guess I got ahead of myself. If we do not take care of our bodies slash health, then we become unhealthy and we break down even quicker. The same is all the truer in the case of spiritual self. What is true in the physical realm is also true in the spiritual realm. We do not naturally gravitate towards godliness or peak spiritual powers, whatever you, however you want to look at it for your perception or worldview. If we do not nurture our convictions and continue giving careful attention to our spiritual foundations, they quickly deteriorate and find ourselves drifting towards spiritual decline, inefficiency, and joylessness, joylessness. You see what I'm saying? So, uh, there's one little piece here. And this would be the last piece I, I read from this article and wrap it up here. Spiritual life is as much as a choice as a physical life. Left alone, a person's state will tend to, toward low moods, depression, selfishness, shelf, uh, selfishness, sorry, mindlessness, laziness and similar effect, effortless states. Unless we actively choose to be alive, awake, energized, and engaged in life, we will sleepwalk through the world and maybe come back again and again. He's a, assuming uh, reincarnation because you ain't been doing shit. <laughs> so uh, we human beings are not naturally interested in being awake and alive spiritually we must put it in effort to do so if we wish to be alive then we must choose life here and now is the time to wake wake up to life we have probably been asleep for most of our life and you know that pretty much concludes the article for the most part but you get the gist of it especially the the spiritual space of it right so just like your physical systems and cycles your spiritual cycles also follow entropy as well so entropy goes through all three states physical mental spiritual for our human experience right because that's all we can go off is the human possibilities right so I I think that what's happening in our everyday lives, the multiverse of realities that we live in, whether it be your own system of your own individual life, then on top of that, you got the individual lives as everyone else that you interact with on a daily basis, new people, people in your, you know, family, friends, then you got the realities of, you know, 
the government realities, you got other countries realities, you got the actual reality of the planet that you live on, so on and so forth. All this multiverse is infinite. You know what I'm saying? So and entropy acts on all of those things, but you can arrest entropy and to an extent. You know, it's ultimately going to win out because again, we ultimately live in a closed environment. The universe is a closed environment according to thermodynamics. So if we're living in a closed environment, you already know what the second law says. So what we're experiencing right now in totality on the macro level also must be experiencing on a micro level. But the power of a human being and a one that is aware takes care of himself or herself and also is on a spiritual path can arrest entropy in a lot of areas in their lives and prolong their experience. You see what I'm saying? And that's what I want to be able to, you know, impart on everyone. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because that's what I've been seeing in the last and just in my own life, you know, being stagnant for a little bit, you know, the inconsistency, you know, just in, you know, with the podcast, you know, the longer I stay idle, you know, the longer, the more entropy and the chaos. And it's harder to find topics. It's harder to get the motivation to get back on podcasts, so on and so forth. You see what I'm saying? And I didn't want that to happen. So I arrested that entropy and got started to build myself up, started making notes of what things was coming in and out of my life over the last month. And this topic fell into my mind and my spirit and that's why we have this topic right but yeah it's good to be back on the podcast you know I didn't think this podcast was going to be as long as it was but it, it is what it is and I allow you know my spirit to take me where it needed to take me and just speak about what I needed to speak about but I say all that and I read all of that in this episode to say you ultimately are in a cycle that you can't escape. However, it doesn't mean that you can't affect it. It doesn't mean that you can't take somewhat of control over your individual actions and reactions and arrest entropy in that respect. Because if you don't make a choice, one would be chosen for you, and that's entropy. And you don't want that. So you might as well make a choice, pick a side, whether it's pick yourself, you know, pick to help others, pick to be selfish. It doesn't matter. Just pick something and stand by it. You see what I'm saying? And be open to whatever that decision and whatever information and wisdom comes with that decision. Be open to that. Or you're going to... Again, you're going to disintegrate because you don't want to have a closed loop. You don't have to be a closed individual. Your mind doesn't have to be closed to everything. Your spirituality doesn't have to be closed off. And as we read in the article, people aren't naturally spiritually inclined. 
I don't know if that's necessarily true, but I get what he's, I get what the author is saying in that respect. It does take work to charge and open up that spiritual viewpoint, that extra layer that you have locked within you. It does take effort. It's not something that just naturally happens. You see? So with that, I'm happy to be back. I'm glad that you are back and look forward to future episodes of Frankly Speaking Podcast because they are coming. And I won't leave you for so long next time. Peace. That was the Entropy episode of Frankly Speaking Podcast, episode 27. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, follow the podcast on all platforms. Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. And be sure to check out the show notes.